We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're on the Blue Wire Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, NFL Sunday Ticket, and TheraOne CBD. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here as always with Jason Pat. Jason, the Bulls finally got some lottery luck. It's funny how when you start to do things the right way, get rid of Jim Boylan, get rid of Gar Foreman, elevate John Paxson into a position of less authority. You know, something goes right and something did go right for the Bulls tonight. They got the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, obviously, it would have been cool if they would have gotten number one or higher than that. You, but they jumped from seven to four. We knew that they did jump up right when we figured out that the Knicks dropped to number eight. So, <laughs> suck it, Knicks. That was that was hilarious. So, yeah, moving up to number four, it's great. I was going into this. Obviously, we know all the jokes. The Bulls had picked number seven the last, or they've had the number seven pick the last three years, and just they go, they went into this draft in the number seven slot, and I think they had something like a nineteen percent chance to stay there. They had a 7.5% chance at number one. I think they had like an 8% chance to move up to number four where they did. And then there was like a 30-some chance of dropping to eight. I was just, I was the pessimist that I am. Like, oh, they're going to stay at seven again or they'll like drop to eight. But no, like you said, maybe this is some good karma. They fired Jim Boylan last week. Uh, they, they've, made some, they've made some changes here. And they had, they had already, AK, was their uh, representative at this virtual draft lottery, lottery today. And they got a little lottery look. Not the best, but still number four is better than number seven. So that is great. Uh, the, num- was the number one pick went to the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
Golden State Warriors got number two, and then I believe number three was the Charlotte Hornets, and then the Chicago, our Chicago Bulls at number four. So that is exciting. Uh, I'm just going to kind of turn most of this over to you here, Ricky, because you are the draft man. You had a mock draft come out today, right after the lottery. You, I'll just go through the picks right now here to start. We have Anthony Edwards, Minnesota Timberwolves, Lamelo Ball to the the Warriors, number three to the Hornets. You have I'm not sure how to say his name, the center Onika out of USC, Onika Okongwu. And then for the Bulls, you have Killian Hayes. Talk to us, Ricky, about why you have Killian Hayes going to the Bulls at number four. Yeah, so I think that the main thing the Bulls need is just a creator, right? Someone who can take the ball out of Zach Levine's hands and be sort of your de facto offensive initiator, which the Bulls haven't had since they since they had Jimmy Butler. So last year you draft Kobe White, and I think that you know Kobe still has a bright future, but to me. Kobe is definitely more of like a microwave scorer than like a big athletic playmaker who's going to get guys involved. I mean, uh, you look at how much the league has changed. LeBron led the league in assists this year. Number three was Luka. And so like those guys look nothing like traditional point guards, right? Like the the role of the traditional point guard has sort of changed or has become kind of obsolete, I think, in a lot of ways. And now you have the league dominated by bigger, more powerful ball handlers. And in a lot of ways, Killian Hayes fits into that mold. Now, he's not as big as LeBron or Luka Doncic, but he is 6'5". He's strong. He's a lefty. Uh, the reason that I think uh, the mainstream isn't as high on him as a lot of armchair analysts are is because he's not a really explosive athlete. And that's going to be the common knock against him. Typically, if you're taking a guard in the top five, you want him to be, you know, an elite athlete. And Killian Hayes isn't that. But Hayes does have a lot of things that I think are pluses in his game. Uh, first and foremost, he's just really good in the pick and roll. I think he, he knows, you know, how to read the pick and roll. Uh, very good playmaker out of it. Can, you know, throw hook passes to the corner with either hand. Uh, he really improved his pull-up shooting ability this year, so he's going to have to stretch that out to three-point range, uh, which he did improve his three-point stroke a bit this year as well. But uh, you know, he he showed the ability to hit the pull-up jumper out of the pick and roll. Uh, he hit, he has soft touch on floaters, and I think like defensively, he's going to give you something too. And, you know, if you're going to have Kobe White or even Zach, I think that you know Kobe in particular, he's someone who could sort of like play the two on offense, but guard ones on defense. And someone like Killian Hayes would make sense next to him because Killian Hayes is strong and long enough. I think he's like a six, eight and a half wingspan guy to guard twos. Uh, So I like Killian Hayes. I don't know if the Bulls will actually take him because it does feel like the mainstream is lower on him. Uh, yeah, just to on that point, ESPN came out with a mock as well, and they have him at 14 to Boston. Oh, wow. So, to your point, yeah. Which I feel like that was lower than what they had him recently in the pre-lottery mock. I can't remember what exactly what it was, but yeah, they have him down at 14. Sure. So, you know, just my quick thoughts on the Bulls getting four is that I really love this position for the Bulls because I think there's definitely going to be some really good players available. I'm hoping James Wiseman goes before the Bulls because I am not as high on him as the I saw you had him. Is. Yeah, I saw you had him down at seven, right? Seven or eight? Yeah. And, you know, he'll probably go top three. Yeah. And doing these uh, mock drafts is weird because it's like I don't have any inside info really uh, in terms of like where teams are leaning, not this early in the process, especially. Right. And, you know, so you sort of do it like a mix of your board and of. Uh, team fit. Fe- yeah, exactly. Yeah. All that stuff. and But then you're also pre-writing it, so you got to kind of like, you know, 
factor that in as well. So, yeah, I I would not have Wiseman as a top 10 player in this draft. And the and I've thought that since he was in high school. I saw him play a lot in high school, going to the USA Basketball mini camps, going to the EYBL. I saw him in multiple different settings. But hopefully Wiseman goes before the Bulls. And I think, you know, Charlotte at three and the Warriors at two are two places where Wiseman can go. So my guess is that the Bulls are choosing between a few different players. The first guy I would say is Obi Toppin out of Dayton, who was the best player in college basketball this past year. Absolutely monster offensive player. Serious questions about how he fits in defensively. Then I would say Denny Evdija. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that name right. He's from Makai Tel Aviv. Uh from Israel, sort of a combo forward. I would describe Denny as a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. He's a little bit of a rough shooter, but he rem- his game reminds me a bit of Miritich's, to be honest, because he's a little smaller than Miritich, and I think he's probably has a little more bounce off the dribble. But, you know, he's basically a big combo forward who could kind of pass, kind of shoot, uh, kind of dribble, pretty good in transition, uh, Denny is one guy who I think that I've been lower on for much of this process than, uh, a lot of people, but you know, I, I just sort of wonder on Denny, like you're not going to put the ball in his hands as an offensive initiator. I don't think you are at least. And then it's like off the ball, you want a guy to be a really good shooter and he's not a really good shooter. He's like probably about a 32, 33% three point shooter. Maybe he gets better. Perhaps he does turn into that offensive initiator who you just put the ball in his hands and let him cook. If that happens, then he'd be a great pick for. Uh, I'm a little bit tentative to say that he could be, you know, the guy who's going to be running the entire offense. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he will be that guy. But I think Denny will get serious consideration for the Bulls at four, uh, as well as Toppin. And then, you know, if you want to talk about some of these wings, I would say Devin Vassell from Florida State, who I would have as a top five player in this draft. Uh, Isaac Okoro, who I'm a little bit lower on, but Okoro is still a, a really intriguing pick. And if the Bulls would have been at seven or eight, I think he would have been the most popular selection to the Bulls. Uh, and maybe even Tyrese Halliburton from uh, Iowa State who is sort of a skinny point guard who can really shoot off the catch and who is a really good passer, but he can't really break the defense down off the dribble. He's not someone who's going to like get into the teeth of the defense, attract multiple defenders and kick out. He's kind of like, to me, I heard someone call him a linking piece, which I really like that terminology. Like he would be good for the Warriors. I feel like, even though they probably won't take him at number two, but he's someone who could like play off really good players and just be a guy who, you know, will be a good stationary passer, good spot up shooter. And he's a pretty good defender despite being skinny, too. So, yeah, I think, you know, for the Bulls, you're looking at Obi Toppin. You're looking at Denny. And I hope they look at Killian Hayes. But I don't know if, uh, you know, if yeah. if the mainstream is going to be as high on him as I am. Right. Uh, you mentioned Obi Toppin. ESPN does have Obi going four to the Bulls. And it looks like you had him going five to the Cavs right after. I feel like he'd be a pot. I mean, especially for, like, casual, like me as a casual fan, like, knowing him as – whatever college player of the year, like big name, kind of flashy with his dunks. What do you think like his fit would be like with the bulls if they did take Obi Toppin? Yeah. So first of all, I think if they took him, it would be the end of the marketing era because to me, Obi actually fits pretty well with Wendell Carter because, uh, you know, Obi, he's not thought of as an analytics darling because I think his defense is so bad, but he absolutely should be an analytics darling because if you look at his synergy profile, 
he was he graded out as excellent in basically every single category. I think like him as a role man, which is pretty interesting, was the only spot where he was average. But he had some great flashes as a role man, too. And I think he is good in that spot. Uh, I think he could fit well with Carter because Carter's strengths are obviously protecting the rim. Carter's also unselfish. He can pass and shoot a little bit. We haven't seen that in his game yet. Uh, but hopefully now that he doesn't have the worst coach in the NBA coaching him anymore, Carter can you know, have a bit of a breakout season in his third year. Toppin, uh, you know, the, the comparison is Amari Stoudemire, I feel like. Now, would Amari Stoudemire still be as impactful in today's NBA when big men, are, big men are asked to have, you know, a little bit more different responsibilities? I think it's a fair question to ask. Uh, but Toppin is really athletic and powerful attacking the rim. He can shoot threes, which uh, he proved at Dayton this year. He, he wasn't shooting threes before this season, but proved he could extend his range. Uh, and, yeah, I think that Toppin's going to be an awesome offensive player, but I guess the infrastructure you want around Toppin would be an unselfish big man who can defend the rim, which, quite frankly, the Bulls might have with Wendell Carter. And then you just want a great playmaker who can give him the ball, right? Because Toppin's not the type of guy who you just give him the ball in the wing, he's going to isolate, create offense. Someone's going to have to set him up. And the Bulls, that's their biggest need. It's just like yeah. an offensive initiator, an offensive creator. They don't have that guy in the roster right now. But if you're taking a rookie, you're looking at it, you know, six, seven, eight years down the line. And, you know, then in the next draft, hopefully the Bulls can find their creator. Maybe they even get one in free agency or in a trade. But, uh, yeah, I think Toppin, a lot of people on the Internet are not going to like Toppin, I think, because he has major questions defensively. But he is so good offensively that I think the people might be sleeping on him a little bit. He reminds me a little bit of John Collins or of Marvin Bagley. Uh, Collins has had a good career. Bagley will mostly be known as the guy who went in front of Luca, which was a total crime at the time. But I think Bagley could still be a pretty good player. He's got to we'll stay healthy. He's got to yeah. stay healthy. He's been constantly injured since he got in the league. But yeah, those are sort of my OB comparisons and my thoughts on him. Interesting. And you mentioned Denny already, and I feel like Denny seems like a somewhat popular name. And I feel like probably just because like with AK and just like the whole international like his like context. And I feel like I've read some rumors that he might be in on them. So you already, you obviously already talked about him a little bit. Uh, That's a possibility. What would you, how about possible trades? Obviously like we're really early in the process right now. What do you think of trading up? Seems like would probably not really like, I don't think you're trading up into the top three, right? Trading down in this draft since there's like really no surefire guys, maybe you can add an extra pick. If you trade back a few spots, what do you think of making it possibly trading? I know AK, did an interview with Sam Smith and he kind of talked about how, how like everything is on the table. Like obviously like we'll see where we land and we'll, we'll just, we'll figure stuff out from there, uh, which is kind of nice to kind of get his insight into his draft process. What do you make of possible or think about possible trades? I actually think the bulls are in a unique position to maybe trade up now. Like I think okay. every team in this draft is probably going to want to trade down uh, because there is no consensus top guy. And like, you know, maybe the best guy this year, I think it's Lamelo. I put Anthony Edwards at number one to Minnesota because they already have D'Angelo Russell there, and it feels like they could use a dynamic two-guard with athleticism. So Minnesota gets to go through the Andrew Wiggins experience <laughs> all over again, this time with Anthony Edwards. But I think the cost of trading up might not be too high. Like, if the Bulls want to go up to two and get Lamelo, I mean, I wouldn't give up a future first-rounder to do it, not even a protected one, because I think the Bulls really need talent. And the difference between two and four probably isn't that stark, but... I have LaMelo as the top player in the class. I think that he does fit the Bulls' biggest need, which is of getting a creator. And, like, 
I don't know, maybe the Warriors want Thad Young or something, right? And maybe they really want Wiseman. I don't know if the Hornets would take Wiseman at three, but possibly the Bulls could move up, I think, to get LaMelo if they wanted him, and the price wouldn't be super steep, potentially, because they're already at four, so they have a high pick. You know, do the Warriors want Sadoransky and Thad Young? Probably not. That's not the type of thing that helps you move up in the draft typically. But the Warriors are in a unique situation, right, where, like, they're trying to win next year. They might want veterans. Obviously, they're capped out, so uh, you're going to need to find guys who fit their salary cap sheet too. But, uh, yeah, I in, in terms of trading down, I just as a philosophy in general, I love trading down because, you know, the one way to view the draft is like no one's as smart as they think they are. You might as well give yourself more bites at the apple. So I would be open to trading down, but uh, I don't really see that being unlikely given where the Bulls are at in this draft. Yeah. On the trade up front, I've seen, did you see this thing from the NBC Sports <laughs> Chicago? It looks like Will Purdue suggested four and Wendell for the second pick, and it's possibly for Weissman, which obviously you just said you don't like Weissman at all, so you would probably say that it is an awful trade. I mean, that just seems like a lot in general. Like four and Wendell, like obviously Wendell has been, I don't want to say disappointing, but he hasn't been great, but I mean, that seems like way too much to give up right to move up to two yeah that would be ridiculous i'd rather have wendell than wiseman as it is like i just don't really see it with wiseman and like i said i've watched him play in person quite a bit i saw him play in indianapolis on the eybl tour when he was the number one player in the country i saw him play in usa basketball uh when he was a junior i guess a rising junior he was at that point the top player in the country as well, I think. And I was just never impressed with him. So, and then you look at the way the league's going, it's like how impactful can a center who doesn't shoot threes and uh, doesn't pass well, how how impactful can that guy be? So like mostly he's going to be like a run and jump lob threat. I feel like Wiseman is like maybe like a DeAndre Jordan type. And I don't think his defense is as elite as some people do. I don't think he's particularly quick laterally. I don't think he gets off the floor effortlessly the way that you know, someone like Marvin Bagley does, who has a great second jump. Like, I don't see that in Wiseman. So uh, I would not do that trade at all. I would not trade. Would, I mean, would you do it if to take LaMelo or Edwards? No, I still don't think I would do it because I do believe in Wendell. I might be, you know, I'm. we might be wrong on this <laughs> with Wendell, <laughs> but I would trade up to number two, but not give up Wendell. Yeah, fair. Totally fair. Yeah, that just seems like a lot to move up two spots in a draft where, like, there's. I mean, it doesn't seem like, at least right now, the like the difference just seems marginal between these prospects. Like I said, I I don't know enough about these guys to like say that confidently. But from just reading some of the other other thoughts from other people, like just even like a Twitter DM, I was talking with some other like Bulls people right now, and they said that that would just be that value just would not make much sense. And I mean, just on the surface, that seems like a lot. It's like whatever you think of Wendell, even if you think he's been disappointing, like. He's still, whatever, 20, 21 years old. So to trade him and whatever, four to move up two spots in this draft, to not to get somebody who is probably has, still has a lot of question marks definitely does seem kind of off there. Um, we're going to keep this short today, so we're going to wrap up here. Ricky, any final thoughts here? We're obviously going to talk a lot more draft. We'll probably talk more draft uh, on our pod on, when we record on Sunday, moving forward, a couple months leading up to this draft. Any other final thoughts here with the Bulls getting the number four pick, moving up from number seven? Yeah, we'll be – I mean, could LaMelo fall to four? I think it's possible. Like, Edwards feels likely to go at number one to me, just given the makeup of Minnesota's roster. And I think Edwards is probably even trending at number one even before the lottery. Golden State at two, they're most likely going to want to trade back, right? 
maybe they take Wiseman, though, or maybe the team that trades up to that pick takes Wiseman. And then would the Hornets really take LaMelo at three is an interesting question because they did have a breakout guard last year in Devontae Graham. Graham is more of like a pull-up shooting type of point guard than like a great creator. Uh, but, you know, the Hornets have a lot of holes on their roster. Maybe the Hornets would want – I gave him Okongwu, who I think is really good in general. Uh, I think he would overlap too much with Wendell, so I probably wouldn't want him for the Bulls. But, you know, yeah. maybe the Hornets want Denny. So I think it's possible LaMelo falls to four. But if not, I would guess the Bulls are picking between Denny and Obi with that pick. And uh, those are – you know, I think the Bulls are in a good position. I hope they don't take Wiseman. Of course, I could be totally wrong on Wiseman. It's the draft. You never know. It's yeah. crap shoot. Last year, I was on this podcast saying I Jared Culver. Jared Culver, and he didn't have a very good rookie year. So uh, I was right about Luka, though. Yeah. Granted, a lot of people were, but I was adamant that Luka was the top player. Several NBA teams so. were not, and they should all be fired. Exactly. <laughs> well, Vlad, and Vladi resigned. He's out because he yeah. made one of the worst draft mistakes you'll ever see, and now he's fucking gone. So that's yeah. what you get. I, yeah, honestly, I, w- I was tweeting about that the other. I'm just watching Luca in these playoffs uh, after his rough start in like the first couple minutes of that clip game one of the Clippers. Like he had like four turnovers in the first couple minutes, and since then, I mean, he's just wrecking elite defenders. Obviously, he's been great since he entered the league, and he's still so young. He still has room to grow as well. And just like thinking back to how good he was before, like playing over overseas at that age, how good he was, the skill set. It really like is insane that he just wasn't a slam dunk number one pick. Just the the, athlete, the quote unquote lack of athleticism thing and the the Euro probably stigma there probably hurt him and it, it just kind of crazy because you were on top of it a lot of other really smart people are on top of it and the fact that he dropped multi, that he did not go number one especially in this NBA where we t- we've talked about with the, the Bulls needed and how, why a guy like Melo Ball might go number one the shot creation at that size when you're six seven six eight in this NBA it just so, you like need a guy like that if you're gonna win. And the fact that Luca dropped was insane. So yeah, a little tangent there, but just watching Luca has been incredible in these playoffs already. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That is, that is all for us. Quick emergency episode with the bulls moving up to number four. We will talk about this coming up more. Like I said, our next pod in the coming months, so we're going to wrap it up here today. Uh, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to our sponsors at their one. We got NFL Sunday ticket that online for us at cast considerations. Please rate and review us as always wherever you listen to your pods, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to them. So for Jason and Ricky, this has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago's podcast. Bulls get the number four pick. Exciting stuff. We'll talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.